Hello and welcome to episode two, season two, episode two of the Baggies broadcast. My name is Luke Hatfield. I'll be hosting the show today alongside a man as eager as a combi boiler on legs to the Hawthorns pitch. Matt Wilson. Matt, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. I'm very well. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, Albion's new mascot on Saturday. Um, I couldn't stop laughing, to be honest. It was very good, wasn't it? I loved it. It was giving a little bit of stick to the bottom fans just before kickoff. wasn't afterwards, of course, but it's just great to see uh, a mascot... I don't think many fans would have expected to see on the Saturday evening on social media. No, and fair play to Ideal Boilers. I I thought it was hilarious, um, and that some people have said um, some people don't like it because they think it's uh, I don't know I don't know why they don't like it. Actually, I can't I can't think of any reason why you wouldn't. Um, for me, you know, going to the going to football is about enjoying yourself, and it certainly enhanced my experience on that on Saturday. Made me laugh. Um, I, I don't know if it was the suit or whether it was the guy inside the suit, but he was strutting around the pitch as if he owned the place. <laughs> Very funny. You know, he was playing football with the, with the mascots, the little kids as well. Um, and yeah, it provided some light relief on a day which ended up pretty disappointing in the end. And I think one one point about while we're talking about the boiler, yeah, you know, I've seen some people say describe it as the you know describe it as the worst mascot ever. Um, but it's worth remembering that Ideal Boilers let Albion change the colour of their logo for all the all the shirts. Yeah. Um, and that's why the yellow and green shirt looks so nice. It's because mm. the, the sponsor is in yellow and green. And not all sponsors do that, and not all sponsors have done that in the past for Albion. Yeah. Um, so, look, I'm all for the boiler, personally. I think it's funny. Um, I mean, it might not be as funny in you know, February, March, yeah. <laughs> when, when we've seen it all year round. But it was certainly funny on Saturday and, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was uh, quite enjoyable. Would you do that job if you weren't the Expressing Stars West Brom reporter? Uh, not in that weather, no, I wouldn't get into that kit. So fair play to whoever was uh, was in there. Yeah, a bit warm, wasn't it? I've, I've actually been a mascot before, you know. Have you? Uh, in my previous job, I used to work at Nando's. Oh, right. This is a, it's, it's widely known amongst my friends, not so widely known in, the, in professional circles, but... If you ever go to an event where Nando's are catering, they often have a big chicken. And you've been the I've, chicken? I've been the chicken. Wow. It's uh, it's it's not as glamorous as you think it is. It is at the start. Everyone wants a picture. I don't think it's glamorous at all, to be honest. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, it's, it's, uh, it is sweaty work. So fair play to whoever's in that boiler costume because it's... It was a uh, you know, it's, it's a hot day on Saturday as well, to be fair. But let's get on to the football. We've had a few days to, just, to digest the result now. Uh, Albion... One Bolton two. Is there anything you want to add to your post-game analysis that we we, we did following the game? Um, not really. I think everything still stands. I still think Albion need to um, adapt really to what is a different test. Um, you know, in the Premier League, they were experts at not having the ball, mm. um, and in this league, they're going to be expected to have the ball a lot more often. Uh, you know, they had nearly. 75% possession on Saturday mm-hmm. which is unheard of really in, <laughs> yeah. the, top, in the top tier um, and the fact that I I also think the fact that nine players who finished the game were involved in last season's nightmare yeah. also played its part firstly because of the tactics this is a team in the squad used to um, playing without the ball um, I think that's probably Best epitomised maybe by Jake Livermore in central midfield, yeah. who you know Livermore's got his uses. Don't get me wrong, but he's been 
quite improved under Darren Moore, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is one of those midfielders who you think who you see is probably maybe better without the ball. Yeah, um, a bit of a, a battler in there, not somebody that can unpick the lock. And I thought on Saturday, that's what they were missing—that central creative spark. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was it was it was a learning curve. Bolton did a job on Albion essentially. Um, and they were well worth the three points because of how well they defended and how well they um, took their chances when they when they came. Mm. Um, Albion will need to evolve quickly into what is a different um, a different test and a different sort of uh, scenario for them. But I, I, on the flip side to that, you know, it is only one game, say the first game of the season. Yeah, um, I don't think you can draw. Too many conclusions from it, although, um, particularly with the transfer window still open, although obviously you want to see the lessons from that game learned as quickly as possible uh, and starting tomorrow night, really. Yeah, that's a good thing, I suppose, about the Championship. You do have 46 games and it's one game thick and fast, one after the other. So you do have a chance to bounce back. Yeah, you're not you're not you know. dwelling on these defeats for long, exactly. a long time, which is good. Yeah, what did you make of the new signs? Because you did say a lot of the... A lot of the Older guards, shall we say, were involved from last season. But Johnston, Bartley, Barnes, what did you make of those three? I thought Johnston had um, a testing debut. Really, I mean, on, when I saw it, when I saw the goals live, mm. I thought he could have done better for both of them. Yeah. Um, the first one, I think, I, I, I can't work out if McGuinness meant to head it into that corner or if he was trying to head it into the other corner. Yeah. I thought initially that he was trying to head it into the other corner and if it's sort of skidded off his head and gone into the into the corner he wasn't heading to, perhaps Johnston was wrong-footed. Mm. Um, it, it, still looked a, it still looked quite a slow header that he couldn't reach. And the second goal as well, he looked to get down really slowly mm. to his left-hand side um, for that one. In, in real live action, I thought, oh, he's, he's, he's got down a bit slowly there. I thought yeah. he was going to save that one. But having watched the, the um, highlights back um, on Quest TV... Oh, yeah. I mean, Did you watch it on the night? <laughs> I did, yeah. It was a struggle that first five minutes. I don't know what was wrong with the TV programme. Yeah, there see? was something wrong going It was with very it. weird. I also, watched... why did they put a game that was on Friday night as their first big game of the day in the highlights? That was a strange decision, I thought. But it anyway, was. But anyway, um, having watched the, the highlights back, the, go- the goals were actually put right into the corners. Yeah. And Wild Shut... Um, hooked the ball around Bartley um, right into the corner Johnston was unsighted he was staying in the centre of the goal mm. and he was quite close to the goal it was a good finish and actually having watched, back, watched them back I thought nah, maybe they were a bit trickier mm. than, than, than I thought at the time um, you know he also did save well from McGuinness um, from close range although you'd expect him to make that save because it was yeah. sort of straight at, straight at him you know I think I think maybe I my initial reaction was, oh, he's, he's not done too well there. Mm. But actually, looking at it um, on the replays, both goals were sort of right in the corner, and yeah. maybe there were extenuating circumstances in both. In the you know in the first one, perhaps he was wrong-footed by a mistimed header. In the second one, he was unsighted, and while shot was pretty close to him, I think he was inside the six-yard box. So, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll wait and see how Johnston gets on. I know you think he's quite a decent keeper, having seen yeah. Villa Park last season. So. Um, Foster's got, Foster's will, will leave big boots to fill, but uh, 
yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see on that one. Yeah, just a quick one on Johnson. Do you reckon it's hard when you're you're playing in goal and your team does have seventy two percent of the ball? You've almost you. I know concentration is a key part of it as a goalkeeper, but when your team's had so much of the ball and so many shots, for Johnson to stay focused for ninety minutes, obviously it's his job. But do you reckon it's tougher for him when it's uh, maybe? And there might be a bit of um, sort of opening day nerves. I thought he was trying to get the ball out quickly to. Um, Albion's back line which is yeah. a good thing but sometimes he was putting his, te- his teammates in a bit of a spot of bother by throwing the ball out too quickly so I think he may just need to hold on to it for a little bit get calmed down a bit maybe and just mm. get grow into it you know it's a, it's a long season I'm sure he's going to get better and I'm sure um, he'll grow into it and you know he did really well at Villa last season so yeah. I, I think that will still be one that, that, that pays off in the end mm-hmm. Carl Bartley I thought although he was sort of involved in both of um, Bolton's goals. In the, the first one, McGuinness... No, sorry. The first one, Amiobi managed to whip a ball around him. He was actually... He'd actually been dragged out onto the uh, onto the left wing. And uh, mainly because Gibbs, I thought, Gibbs, who I thought had an absolute dreadful game, yeah. um, had been beaten. Um, and he couldn't cut down the cross, although he was trying to cut down the cross a lot more than Gibbs was. Mm. Um and then the second one, obviously, Wildshut sort of hooked the ball around him. Um, so he was sort of involved in both goals. But I thought, apart from those two passages of play, and I, um, I thought he had quite a good game. I thought he was one that he's probably the best defender, maybe, yeah. uh, for Albion. He 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 won a lot of headers. Um, he clear, you know, he, he he looked a bit more composed than Higazi, who actually for both goals was. Was arguably at fault, you know. He he, he lost McGuinness for the first one, yeah, and he got beaten in the air by Wheater for the second one. It's a real um, worry the fact that Albion are getting beaten in the air from crosses into the box when you've got two towering centre backs like Bartley and Higazi in there. Yeah, Higazi won more headers in the opposition's box than he did his own, which um, you know, if he'd have scored, it would have been okay. But you want him to be a bit more commanding in his box, and I thought. Mm. Bartley was slightly better um, although could also improve Um, Barnes was probably the standout performer of the uh, of the debutants I thought him together with Phillips were the two best players for Albion Phillips was more consistent I Mm. thought provided a a more consistent threat but Barnes provided that moment of brilliance Um, and he got the goal obviously and I think that was his weaker foot I think he's right-footed. It is. I'd love to see his strong foot. Well, he seems pretty two-footed. I mean, he, he curled a cross in onto Hagazi's head a few moments before that uh, with mm. his right foot. So he's obviously a talent capable of um, of pro- producing moments like that. Um, and he looks good. He looks really good. Uh, he sort of went off the ball in the second half. I think sometimes with young players, it's difficult for them to sustain that level yeah. um, for 90 minutes. And I thought he was the right person to bring off Um but as I've already covered in, in our videos and, and in the paper today, for me, it should have been James Morrison that came on rather than Oliver yeah. Burke. Or both, both of them, both arguably. Of them, yeah. Both of them, arguably, yeah. So, um, but I thought Barnes, you know, although, you know, he was he was the standout debutante, although I thought um, Phillips was the more consistent performer uh, on the team. Yeah, and just the one sub used by Darren Moore, I mean, we did touch on this in the video post-game, but... Maybe you can expand on it a little bit more. Does this show that Darren Moore still has business to do in terms of players coming in? Because you saw the likes of Oli Burke go on and then maybe he's thinking about tomorrow's game, of course. But there wasn't a whole 
load of other options available to him. There wasn't there? really, was there? I mean, the, the the only other option which it was screaming out for was James Morrison. And mm. apart from that, there wasn't anybody else because obviously Rondon is off to Newcastle. Yeah. So there was no strikers on the bench. Um, and then the other players on the bench were defenders or, or, or holding midfielders. So, yeah, it does look like the squad needs a, f- a few fresher faces. If Dwight Gale um, completes his move, which um, it seems to be in the process of doing today yep. as we as we record this. Um, hoping that no news breaks whilst we record. Hoping that no news breaks while, whilst we record, but I've got my phone on, so we will be notified. Um, I that I think that represents good business, basically, because I've never I've never I like Rondon as a as a as a person as a, as a player he puts his all in uh, in every game mm. it's fair to say um, but I've never been convinced by his finishing and um, Gale on the other hand is someone who's, who's got more than twenty goals in this in this uh, league two years ago and I, and he does always look quite quite threatening when he's in front of goal so yeah. um, that'd be an interesting one if it, if it comes in um, I still think they need another sort of attacking creative midfielder um, mm. obviously Chadley back back in training uh, today actually yeah. he comes back um, so he is another player that can play that role but I I just wonder whether his head will be in it because I didn't feel like his heart was in it um, when last season yeah. when, when Albion were in the Premier League so let alone in the Championship I don't know Darren Moore may be able to talk him around, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him leave and, and, and then bring someone else in. And who they bring in to replace him will be interesting. That's it. So, good news is games do come thick and fast. We'll move on. Obviously, deadline day is this week. Albion do have the advantage now that, of course, they're in the Championship. The loan deadline is until the end of the month for the Championship. But let's talk about transfers. Let's talk about Dwight Gale and Salomon Rondon. What is the deal there, Matt? What do we understand is the deal right as we speak? Well, right as we speak, and this will probably be um, really old news by the time this goes out, but mm-hmm. um, Rondon was up in Newcastle yesterday um, to have a medical and to agree terms, and it looks like he's done that. Albion will not let him go on loan, though, unless they get Gale in response. Yeah. Um, and Gale is, well, as of yesterday, it was as of yesterday, as of Sunday, was in talks with Albion over over a deal, um, and they're hoping to get it done today. Mm. Um, obviously, ho- hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, it's it's all done and dusted, and there's been no hiccups. But um, I can't say that for certain at this very point in time. Um, but yeah, like I said earlier, I think it would represent good business because I think Gale's got um, track record in the championship, um, and you need if you're going to go up, you need somebody to score you 25 goals. Yeah, and Dwight Gale, 23 goals in the 16-17 season in the championship, only six goals last season. Almost the epitome of one of those championship players who does great work in in the second tier. When he gets up to the Premier League, he finds it a little bit tougher. But of course, he was in and out of the squad in Newcastle last year. Do you think he fits in? Do you think he fits in with the style that Albion play? Well, I'm not sure that we've seen exactly the style that Albion play yet. I mm. think um, the first game of the season was sort of a hangover from last season. Darren Moore stuck with the 4-4-2 that, that did him quite well last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brunton and Livermore in midfield. I think we what we learned on Saturday is that that system, which soaks up pressure and hits people on the break, may not be the right system for all the games in the Championship. Um Darren said afterwards, look, it's horses for courses. You, mm. you need to set up a team 
is set up a team that's going to beat the team in front of you in this league and Bolton did that today um, and they didn't essentially yeah. they need to learn how to break teams down so Gale I think he's quite a nippy little forward who, who can find those little spaces and, and, and get those snapshots away um, and he could be he could prove to be a good signing um, you never know though until uh, a player arrives at a club and how they fit in Mm. Um, it does seem that in Gale and Rodriguez Albin have two almost similar yeah. strikers yeah. Gale's not a like for like swap with Rondon he's not a target man no. so um, if if they're going to persist with four four two, which hmm, I would argue they would need more, a more dynamic sort of box to box midfield presence if they're going to do that they might need a target man as well mm-hmm. Um if they're going to play a four-two-three-one or a four-five-one, then maybe Gale could do that job up, up front by by himself, provided he's got some bodies around him. Yeah, um, and Albion play through the lines a bit more and don't clip the ball up to you know the forwards as much as they did uh, on on Saturday. Yeah, and obviously Rondon's departure, as you just touched on, does it leave a hole? Because how Robson Carnu, he's a hard worker, but again, he's not quite the size and strength of Rondon. I'd, I'd imagine. Do they need to go back in for another striker, do you reckon? Another target man, someone of that style, even if they do bring in Gale? Yeah, if they can do, I think they, they, they need as many strike options as possible. Um, I think that's what we that's what we saw on on Saturday, is they had three quarters of the ball, but they've only got two strikers that they can use at the moment. Mm. And I thought neither of them had a great game. I thought Rodriguez... Was quiet. I thought um, he looked frustrated at times. I thought Robson Carnu seemed to be able to beat his man with a nice turn each time, but then didn't really know what to do with it, whether to pass or shoot. And most of the time, he it, it, it didn't mm. come off what he was trying. So um, yeah, I think they need more firepower up up front and more creative um, ability in the final third, mm. if not in on the pitch, certainly in the squad. Um, uh, Darren seems to have been building from the back. You know, they've signed two goalkeepers, three defenders, and that's not a bad thing to do. I think now's the time to uh, to, to get a, f- a few more attacking players in. That's it. And Friday was a b- busy day, of course. Saw a couple of uh, or a couple of departures and uh, Tosin Adara Bayo. Well done. Come in. I did try. He, he has helped me out with his Twitter bio, by yes, the way. Yes, he has. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's come in. Uh, what do you make of him? Is he a bit of a backup, seeing that? The likes of uh, Jack Fitzwater's moved on on loan. Yes, he is. He's essentially the, the fourth centre back um, who comes in and allows Fitzwater to go to Warsaw. And I don't, I I, I think that's quite a good move actually because Fitzwater was not going to play much this season mm. um, unless there was a couple of injuries. So he's gone to Warsaw where he'll play every minute. And yeah. He played. He started on Saturday and Warsaw got a win mm-hmm. and he developed so much there last in the second half of last season that having a full season in League One is better for his development than sitting on the bench in the Championship. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've seen a few uh, grumbles about, oh, why are we getting these players on loan? And yeah, I understand that. You want, if you can, you want permanent deals, they're ideal. But if you're going to leave anyone on the bench as a backup, yeah. you may as well have a Man City player rather than a West Brom player. How happy will Pep Guardiola be about that though? Well, Tosin... Oh, I'm going to call him. Yeah. Uh, hasn't been out on loan yet. He's he's been at Manchester City since he was five, 
and this is his first loan spell so I think he'll be pleased for any minutes for him yeah um, and you know it, it's not down to him really I mean if they mm. agree to loan him out it's down to Darren Moore who he picks um, and I'm sure he'll get a chance because it is a long season yeah. they're playing nearly 50 games so I'm sure he'll get a chance to, to stake a claim and if he does well enough he'll, he'll keep his place yeah another one linked uh, Ola Aina from Chelsea Yes, although that's going to look slightly quiet, but they are definitely in the, in the hunt for a right back. Um, the fly in the ointment is that Derby County are also potentially interested in him, and I think if the Frank Lampard factor may yeah. gazump Albion on that one, but we wait and see on that one. What about Kane Wilson? He's, he's gone on loan too, also to Walsall. And, you know, Walsall brought in them players like, pretty much last minute for them. They needed to register them pretty pretty sharpish uh, after sealing those deals, didn't they? But Kane Wilson, is that a good move for him as well, do you reckon? Yeah, it is, because he was at Exeter City in League 2 last season. If he can get some minutes in League 1 this year, that's a step up. Um, he didn't start on Saturday for Walsall, but I think he came on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if he, can, if he can play a healthy number of games for Walsall... Um, this this season, then that'd be great for his development. And uh, I've he, he's he's he looks like a, a good a good prospect. Who, mm. You know, when you get relegated to the championship, all of a sudden, all these all these youngsters who were you you wondered if they were ready, all of a sudden you think, well, maybe they are ready for the championship, or maybe they're ready for a few games in the championship. Mm. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he gets on that Warsaw this year. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw earlier on that, but I put out some polls to the uh, the Albion peeps, so to speak, uh, asking about. The upcoming deadline and all sorts of Albion uh, business. I'm going to quickly go through them and see what you make of them. So my first one, I asked, where in your opinion do West Brom need to strengthen most? The overriding support came in midfield. 46% wanted midfielders, 35% wanted attackers, 13% wanted defenders, and just 6% people wanted another goalkeeper brought in. Do you reckon that's right? Midfield, probably the biggest area of concern? It's probably because of... Saturday's game, I would I would argue. I mm. think they need I think they need attacking midfielders, yeah, and that's probably what these um, respondents are are also voicing. They need attacking players, mm. um, players capable of uh, picking the lock. Um, Barnes has been a good signing. Yeah, um, obviously we've got Morrison back, um, but they need maybe one or two more. Yeah. The next one I asked, what are your views on Craig Dawson? Simple enough, keep him or sell him. Sixty percent of fans wanting to stay. Do you, reckon, do you reckon this is going to happen now? Because obviously we've seen a bit of a movement in terms of Burnley and and the players that they're trying to bring in. Does this mean Craig Dace, Craig Dawson is more likely to stay now? Yeah, well, Burnley have Burnley have signed Ben Gibson for fifteen million pounds. Yeah, um, they were obviously willing to pay twelve, thirteen, fourteen. For Dawson, mm-hmm. um, they probably would have been. They probably would have gone as high as fifteen. You, you would guess. Um, but Albion wanted 20 and so Burnley went elsewhere and they've got Ben Gibson mm-hmm. um, that might kill the market on him um, West Ham were interested at the start of summer yeah be interesting to see if they come back in for them I'm not sure if they've bought any defenders since then but um, yeah he might need to be reintegrated and based on Saturday's performance I would say the sooner you can get him into that back line the better because he has looked good at centre back, particularly under Darren Moore. Mm. Are they at risk of this being another sort of Johnny Evans circumstance? Though we did touch on it previously, this is a player who's been linked away. Do you reckon his heart and his head is really going to be in it? I think it will be because of who Darren Moore is, and 
his long affiliation with West Brom. He he gave in a transfer request before, remember, and mm. he came back from that and played professionally. He's quite a. I think when he's on the pitch, he's quite a uh, professional bloke. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's not clubbed himself in glory this summer mm-hmm. with some of his actions, but I think um, I think if he was to play and perform well for two or three games, I think think. I think it might all soon be rather forgotten. It does get swept under the rug rather quickly if it's putting in good performances, I imagine. I also asked about the Dwight Gale and Salomon Rondon situation. 95% or 94% sorry, of fans wanted Dwight Gale uh, to join the team. But in regards to Solomon Rondon, it was quite mixed. 42% of people were happy to let him go, but 35% were hoping that he'd stay put. I can understand that. I mean... It would have been. I would have. I was really interested to see how Rondon got on the championship this season. Mm. Could he go on and be that that striker to get you fifteen, twenty goals? Yeah. Um, potentially, but we'll never know because he's going to go to Newcastle. Yeah. And then uh, my last question: I was asking some people to suggest some names which they'd want to see brought into West Brom, and I was going to get your gauge on them as well. Uh, Andy Grigg and along with a lot of other Albion's uh, fans were were asking for Ryan Woods from Brentford. Yeah, well, funnily enough, I've just, we've just been talking about Ryan Woods um, on the desk because uh, he was obviously let go by Warsaw, mm-hmm. he's a local lad, um, and he is a midfielder who is capable of dictating play. Now, the only thing is he's, he's plays sort of the, at the base of midfield, and now yeah. Albin have got a lot of players like that. Um, you know, Darren Moore obviously thinks Chris, that's where Chris Brunt's best position is. Mm-hmm. I would argue that Sam Field also plays that position. Um, and I'd like to see him get a few games this season. Um, so I would be concentrating further at the pitch. Yeah. But it, Ryan Woods is obviously is a good player and available for what wouldn't be... The, he wouldn't cost the earth, essentially. So, yeah, I can understand why people uh, are, are keen on him. Yeah, uh, that other J. Cole on Twitter asks uh, Tom Davies on loan from Everton. Could that be a possibility? Would you like to see someone like Tom Davies come in? Because he is that, that attacking style player. Yeah, I mean, that's a good shout. Considering Everton have just uh, got Richarlison and they've got Sigurdsson as well, and they've, they've got oh, quite a few attacking players in there. Um, obviously, you know, it's not anything I've heard, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're just talking about hypotheticals here, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Brittis on Belonga Andy Warner suggests that especially if J-Rod gets a move away I'm not too sure whether J-Rod will be moving on now it seems less and less likely the closer we approach the deadline but it's one of them things that could still happen yeah I'm I'm not sure about Rodriguez because Burnley wanted wanted him more than they wanted Dawson yeah I got that impression speaking to people up there and um, Rodriguez He's gone about it probably in a better way yeah. than Dawson. Um, so I wonder, I'd, I would be more surprised if Dawson left than Rodriguez, put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, is that we're nearing the deadline now, so selling Rodriguez would force Albion to go and get someone like Asun Belonga. Yeah. And, they, and they, 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 he is on the radar, and he would be, we were talking earlier about that replacement for Rondon as a target man, he would be somebody... Would would you swap Rondon and Rodriguez for a Sombolonga and Gale? I mean, arguably, I would. You might do in the Championship. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying they're better than those players, but um, they might be willing, or they might be more willing to um, to put it in. I'm not sure. We'll wait and see what happens. But 
you know, Burnley are obviously interested in Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Sixteen million pounds is getting closer to Albion's valuation. Yeah. So um, we wait and see on that one. Yeah. Luke Baker, uh, he says Marcus Madison from uh, Posh. Yeah, he's, he's a name that um, has come up quite a lot, mainly because I think Dara McAntony, who's um, their chairman or owner, is quite vocal yeah. <laughs> about them and likes to try and sell his players a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's another player that I've seen him play and he's, he's looked quite quite tidy in possession mm-hmm. he is a bit I think he's a bit more of an attacker midfielder than Woods yeah um, so yeah he, he he would be one I wonder if he could step make the step up we'll yeah. have to wait and see uh, if he gets a move but yeah, yeah. Um, Peterborough's players are always sort of heavily linked away because of their their vocal uh, people in charge yeah and the final one uh, from Ha Telling on Twitter uh, Tammy Abraham possibly on loan from Chelsea of course didn't didn't do the business with Swansea in the Premier League last. It was well, he scored a fair few goals. He didn't you know exactly pull up trees the entire season. Is he a player? I mean, reports suggest that he's after a move to the Premier League. But if it comes to it, if Albion could get him, in. well, he did very well in the Championship near two years ago. Um, yeah, it's another one like uh, Tom Davis, who not one that I have actually I've heard at all. But mm. yeah, you you know. It's just a name, isn't it? So it could be, it could be a, a good one if it, if it, if that happened. Yeah, and then obviously, you know, we are briefly touched on outgoings as well. Uh, already touched on Dawson. You put in, you, you mentioned Gibbs's performance earlier. Is he one who you think, if someone comes in, Darren Moore could say, well, if the value's right. Based on Saturday, then yes. I mean, I, I didn't think he was very good at all, and uh, I didn't. He didn't seem to close his man down. He didn't seem to be bothered about closing down crosses. Mm. He lost possession a couple of times. Look, it might have just been an off day, but um, it didn't. He didn't seem to be one whose heart was in it, to be honest. Um, and obviously, they've got this backup, Connor Townsend, who's signed from Scunthorpe, yeah. and Chris Brunt can also play left back. So it wouldn't be the end of the world was were he to be sold. Um, Particularly if you could sell him for a, uh, a substantial fee, I say substantial. You know, if you could sell him for six to eight or something, yeah, and repurpose those funds further up the pitch. What about Hagazi and his future? There was a lot of talk about him when the release clause was revealed. Is he one who you think Darren Moore is going to a is going to want to keep? But if if the valuations met, well, his release clause has timed out. Oh yeah, of course it has. All the release clauses have timed out. I don't think anyone's going to come and sign Hagazi. I think he's staying. Do you reckon anyone else could leave? Uh, yes. Obviously, Rondon. No, let's, let's, let's admit that Rondon is... Rodriguez you know, could go, Dawson could go, Chadley could go. Those are the big ones. You see Chadley going anywhere? Do you actually see someone coming in for him, paying the money? Well, again, his release clause yeah, is yeah, topped yeah, out, yeah, so yeah. it depends on whether or what Albion accepts. Um, but yeah, I mean, those those are the players who whose futures are still up in the air. Hmm. There we go. So... Game tomorrow, Nottingham Forest away. They drew one all with Bristol City over the weekend. Um, should be a different, a very different test to uh, the one that Albion faced last Saturday. Yes, it could be. Um, I doubt Forest are going to sit in with ten men behind the ball and try and hit them on the break. Mm. They've, you know, they've obviously had a a very busy summer in the transfer market, and they've signed a whole new team actually. 
um, after their takeover in May, and they've done some eye-catching uh, business. Very Wolves-esque. Yeah, they've brought in a lot of Portuguese players. <laughs> yeah. Um, Portuguese attacking players. They, you know, they are hoping to do what Wolves did last season, aren't they? Mm, exactly. Um, but it remains to be seen whether their Portuguese players are as good as Ruben Neves, etc. Yeah. So um, I think they got a bit of a wake-up call on on Saturday. That's what Karanka called it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but they still managed to get a draw. They improved in the second half, and they're gonna gonna want to give their home fans something to excite them uh, on Tuesday night. So I'm sure. Um, they will come at Albion a bit more than, than Bolton did. Um, hopefully that will leave gaps for Albion to exploit. Um, be interesting to see what team Darren Moore puts out and what formation Darren Moore puts out because uh, I think, uh, if anything, the lesson from Saturday was they needed a number 10 in there. So maybe mm. he was saving Morrison, but we wait and see. Yeah, I was going to say... Do you predict a similar eleven to the one we saw at the Hawthorns, or is this game coming a little bit too quick for you to just throw the same eleven out there? Well, considering the heat as well on Saturday, there might be a, a few elements of fatigue. Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure. Mm. I would like. I would hope that uh, Morrison plays as number ten, um, but maybe actually that that sort of four four two formation. Brunton and Livermore sitting um, would suit a game that where Forest come on to you a bit more yeah. um, you know and we could see more of a performance that we saw towards the end of last season if if you know it might actually be the, the scenario that not changing something would end up being the, the best ploy um, it depends on a number of factors uh, and all we can do are re- really is wait and see what Darren does but I do think that um his in-game management might need to be developed. Mm. Um, I think I think one substitute on on Saturday was a bit cautious. Yeah, um, I, can, I can kind of understand why he did that because Albion were on top at the time. Yeah, they were they weren't hammering the door down, but they were sort of politely wrapping their knuckles <laughs> on, on the door, um, yeah. and they were in control. But um, it did. I did want them to be a bit more adventurous and go for the win a bit more. Mm. With a, with a couple more substitutions, um, and we'll see we'll see what happens on Saturday. Obviously, we'll see how the game pans out because it could be a completely different game. Yeah, if you were Darren Moore and I was asking you to pick an eleven, who would you bring in and who would you take out? I'd I'd bring in Morrison for Robson Carno, um, mm. and I would um, think about if it gets done, think about whether to start Gale or not probably wouldn't would you at this stage you'd probably bring him off the bench after 60 minutes mm. 70 minutes um, that would be the way I'd go yeah right so we've got plenty of questions come in after the opening weekend of the season Matt I'm going to get right into them uh, Ryan uh, he asks what do you think Dave did right and wrong on Saturday I think he got them playing particularly in the first half got them playing a better brand of football in the sense that they were trying to pass it around a bit more. Okay, there were still a few long diagonals from Brunt, yep. but on the whole, they were trying to get it out to the wings and create chances. And I think that was a positive. I think the way that they held the ball and they showed some composure in possession at times, I think that was a positive. I think we do need to remember that 
although they lost the game, and although Bolton did a bit of a number on them, there were times when they, particularly in the first half, when they were controlling things. Um, so I think they did that well. I think what he did wrong, I think we've covered. Mm-hmm. He should have brought Morrison on for my money, and um, maybe he should have made the change a bit earlier. Um, look, there's nothing wrong with... Um, I can understand why he picked that 4-4-2 formation after what happened towards the end of last season. Um, but I think he, he needed to sense that it wasn't working earlier. Mm. Um, because for all the possession and all and all that, um, it, Alvin were struggling to break them down. Yeah, Graham Scott, he asks... Our real problem is in the centre of midfield where Brunt is playing, but his strongest attributes are his delivery. So I think he needs to plan the wide left. What are your views? I understand why you would do that, but I think he's he's not quick enough. I mean, I I thought I thought Barnes looked dangerous on on the left, and you need a striker in there who's going to head you in goals. I'm mm. not sure are Rodriguez and Robson kind of that good in the air. I don't think Rodriguez is. Mm. Robson Conu's okay. Um, so, you know, you need you need a, a striker like Mitrovic or somebody in there to mm. if you're going to um, use that ploy. Um, but, yeah, obviously he can play out there. Um, and I can understand why that he thinks that that central midfield didn't work on Saturday. Mm. Andrew Nicholas, he asks, do you think Darren Moore will have to be harder with the players regarding effort or do you think he's a little bit too nice? No, I don't think that's a problem. I think that's a misnomer, really. Mm. Um, I think he's a very if you, determined um, person who doesn't accept anything but but full commitment from his players. And I think there's a reason why. The reason why Rondon was left out is because he was moving to Newcastle. I think the reason Dawson was left out is because he hasn't um, shown enough commitment uh, mm. in the summer so no I don't think that's a problem Yeah, Elliot Hayden he asks does Mozza need to start against Forest? I think we've answered that one Elliot but it's certainly one which we think about doing uh, Daniel Saunderino asks how much of a role do you think Ollie Burke will have this season? Well based on Saturday I don't think he's I think he's going to struggle to get ahead of Barnes or Phillips um, he seems a bit one dimensional for me um, runs at players sometimes runs into traffic um, seems to be too quick for his own good almost mm. and um, it's great if it comes off there was one run that nearly came off and you just thought ah, oh, if, if only that had come off um, but yeah I, I, I don't know I think he has a, I think he'll have a part to play certainly I think he particularly when Albin, maybe when Albin are leading games against teams coming on to them yeah. he could be devastating on the counter mm. um, but um, yeah I'd, I think he's behind Barnes and Phillips at the moment yeah and then uh, WBA fans they say mentioning Ola, Ola Aina do you reckon he'd get in over Neon at right back I don't know enough about Ola Aina to, to answer that honestly to be mm-hmm. honest Um I thought Neom, um, a lot. Of, I saw a lot of criticism for him after the game. I didn't think he was as bad as everyone was making out. He, he. Um, okay, I don't think he overlaps enough. It doesn't over. It doesn't get beyond Phillips enough, and sometimes he passes inside a bit too 
easily. I mean, that's prob- that's probably why he's got he had the highest pass completion rate in the whole on the whole match. Yeah, because he sort of takes the easy pass on a bit too often. But I didn't think he was as bad as 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 was perhaps being made out. I thought Gibbs was a, was much worse and Higazi actually. Um, so Neil looks unorthodox. He looks uncomfortable. But I don't know about enough about Ayner to to suggest whether he'd be an upgrade. Mm. Sphere outlines our back four didn't work on Saturday. Who would you play there? And also, I felt we lacked on pitch leadership with various pockets of pointing and squabbling. Brunt has had an uneasy relationship with the con- captaincy over his career. Do we need a new or different leader? I think it's a bit early to to suggest that because it's been one game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just that sort of arm waving squabbling was just born out of frustration because they they want they looked like they should have been winning the game and they weren't. Um, I, un- I understand why he was worried about the the, the defence. I think it takes time to to gel into the back line. Yeah, and I I think I have I've asked the question before whether Higazi and Bartley are, are maybe too similar, towering centre backs, um, rather than ball playing ones. Um, but yeah, the captaincy thing I think is a bit too early for that. Mm. Kira Maguire asks a good question here. Do you think losing Foster and Evans will have a similar effect on us this season as losing Fletcher appeared to do last year in terms of a loss of leadership or stalwarts in the team? Uh, yes, maybe. But also I think one of the one of the problems I thought on Saturday was the fact that there were arguably too many players from last season who were still had the habit of losing it ingrained in them and that it felt too much too similar to the team um of last season. You want a few more fresh faces in there to to like rejuvenate things. So I can understand that but I I I think if anything there, there needs to have been more business done. Mm. So we've covered Forest tomorrow of course. There is one other game before we'll be recording again. We'll briefly touch on it. Norwich away. I hope you can enjoy that drive down uh, on Saturday it's not too bad actually it's not as bad as it used to be I think they've uh, recently redone the roads so it's not too bad alright okay well either way they got a last gas draw with Blues a bit far off um, what kind of challenge do you expect from them uh, it's so early in the season I've no idea to be honest um, I, I, I don't know I, I've got no idea whether Norwich are going to have a good or a bad season so um, I think a lot of people are thinking that about Norwich it's one of them where you could either put them just outside the playoffs or you know I've got no idea so um, that that will be and that's probably the joy of this league in the, some of these games are, are unknowns you know you you don't know where, which way they're going to go yeah so yeah it will be an, another interesting fixture but I think much will depend on how they get on at Forest. Win that and Saturday's defeat will be forgotten. Mm. Lose that and all of a sudden, you know, you're wondering, oh, when are we going to get off the mark? Yeah, when are we going to get off the mark, exactly. So, uh, they're, they're, lose that and there's a bit of pressure on the Norwich game. Yeah. I'm not saying pressure on Darren Moore, I'm saying there's just pressure to get some points on the board. Yeah, and you reckon, you know, given if this White Gal thing does happen today, that he could be in and starting by then? I suppose it does depend, of course, on the game tomorrow, doesn't it? Cause if, depends if, on the game if tomorrow. If Rodriguez and Hal Robson can't both bag a brace, how can you drop either of them? Depends on the game tomorrow. Depends on whether who's still at the club. Depends on the options that they've got. Depends on a number of things. Yeah, so stick with the Express and Star for all the coverage of that one and coming up to it, of course, later on this week. Now, Matt, 
there's been some great news for Albion fans, even though they didn't manage to win over the weekend, or one Albion fan in, in, in to be to be precise. We picked Harvey Barnes, or you picked Harvey Barnes to score. He scored. He was the only person that did, wasn't he, in an Albion shirt? He did, which is great news and a great call by you, by the way. And then Andy Turn picked Benica Phoebe to score. He went and scored. Whoa. <laughs> so all of a sudden... You're getting sweaty, Luke. I am a little bit because it all comes down to this game here. and Tonight's game between Villa and Hull. Yes. So for, Sorry, anyone, that, yes. for anyone that doesn't didn't listen last week, um, this year we are offering a free shirt. Is that right, Luke? It is. A free shirt. Of their choice. Or an, well, it has well, to be Albion, an Albion shirt. An Albion shirt of... Uh, the winner's choice um, should our three anytime goal scorer predictions come in and we have uh, as Luke said I picked Harvey Barnes that came in Andrew Turton who was on the podcast last week picked Venica Phoebe for, for Stoke correct that came in uh, yesterday and who did you pick for Villa tonight Connor Horahan so if Connor Horahan scores for Villa tonight in what Let's hope it's a 2-1 defeat to Hull. Um, <laughs> then um, our man at Devon Baggies, Jacob Tucker, will be winning an Albion shirt of his choice. Yeah. Home, away, third kit, goalkeeper, I don't care. It's probably, Any- probably going to be third kit, isn't it, I imagine. I'd guess so, if I had to pick one. Any name or number. And you're paying for this, are you? I'm, I'm paying for it. Did you put the bet on? Uh, there's no comment there. There's no comment. There's, there's, let's say there's, there is a reason we're picking any time goal scorers. Let's just put it right, that way. I see what you mean. But I'll be rooting. Obviously, I'll be rooting for Aston Villa. But I'll be rooting for Conor Horan more than anything else. Yeah. So hopefully, what's his name? Jacob? Jacob Tucker. Jacob, Jacob Tucker. Tucker. At Devon Baggies on Twitter. He has been tweeting the Albion podcast account as the goals have been going in. So, so an, Albi- an Albion fan hoping for an, a Villa goal tonight. An Albion fan hoping for Benica Phoebe to score a goal. Yeah. And now Aston Villa to score. And hopefully Conor Horan, of course. But, Jacob, if that comes in, we'll be in touch. Don't you worry. Um, It'd be I'm, amazing if the first one of the season came in. It would be great. The fact that he's now based in Cardiff means that it's going to be... Either he's going to have to travel to us, or do we post it out to him? Do I we, think we, we post, post it out, out to him. I don't think you can make a competition with a travel from Cardiff to Wolverhampton. It'd be a good picture opportunity, though. Well, he can take a picture of his shirt once he's got it. I no. think you've got you've got to post it to him, Luke. Don't be a cheapskate. I guess. I guess I will. I guess. I guess Jacob. We'll, we'll be in touch if it happens when it happens because it, it probably is going to happen. Go on, Connor. Come on, come on, Connor. But. We've got another chance, of course, this weekend. We've got, we've got to do that, even though we haven't we haven't found out if this week, weekend's winners won it yet. But we've got one more weekend coming up before the next podcast, of course. So I've got three games. Albion versus Norwich. Borough versus Blues. Villa versus Wigan. Matt Wilson, I'm going to ask you to pick an anytime scorer from each of those games. Okay, so, so what's the first one? Albion v Norwich. Yes. I'm going to go for... Um, I think... Kyle Bartley's going to nod in a corner, a Chris Brunt corner. Kyle Bartley is going to nod in a corner in that one. There we go, fingers crossed for that one. Borough versus Blues. Ooh, that's a good one. I've gone for Who's a Midlands. playing up front at Middlesbrough at the moment? Well, Braithwaite, was, Braithwaite scored the first one from over the weekend. They were 2-0 down yeah. after 90 minutes or whatever it was, and they managed to nab two right at the death. 
No, I don't fancy. What about Blues? Who's who's up front for Blues at the moment? Oh God, what a question that is to a Villa fan. <laughs> uh, we'll I think who's 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 Pulis like at Borough. Um, well, they've got Rudy Gastet as well. I remember, has he been playing? Well, I know he came back from a pretty nasty injury toward the end of last season. Magoma scored for Blues last in the in the uh, in the game against Norwich. You could go for him. Go on, then, let's go for him. Jacks Magoma, Magoma to score. And finally, Villa versus Wigan. Ooh, and any time goal scorer. Bear in mind, if we'll a player still a Wigan, <laughs> maybe. I'm hoping you don't pick a Wigan player. But um, if if you pick a, if you pick a player who happens to leave on Thursday, we'll we'll we'll, 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 read. we'll put a replacement. Okay, in. we'll right, put a replacement okay. in. So Villa, Villa, Villa. Who who's going to play up front for Villa? Codger. Codger's most likely. He's the only fit striker they've got. Is he? Oh, I'll stick Codger in there. Codger, there you go. So, on Saturday morning, we will pick another person, uh, one who could win themselves an Albion shirt with the name and number of their choice on the back. If Kyle Bartley, Jax Magoma, and Jonathan Codger all score in 90 minutes. Now, Matt will finish up, as always, with predictions. First of all, Albion versus Forest. Three points? Uh, yeah, go on. I'll go for the three points. I think they'll get off the mark. I think it'll be a scrappy 1-0 win. Um, yeah, why not? Yeah. I'm going for 2-1 Albion. 2-1. I'm ever the optimist. So we're still optimistic even after Saturday's defeat, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the way they dominated possession is just it's just a matter of creating that that those chances and putting them away. We'll also touch on Albion Norwich as well. Prediction? Um, I will go with a draw. Draw. You One all sc- draw. Score draw. I'm going for 3-1 to the Albion. Well, there we go. Two wins. Yes. So, fingers crossed on those coming in and fingers crossed on Conor Horahan shoot scoring. In, shoot into the top of the table. Yes, that's what we want. So, Matt, we've, we've shortened it down. We're at 50 minutes. Happy days. This is a, it's a little bit better performance than last week, which overran, overran massively. But... Make sure you stick with us. Make sure you follow our podcast on Twitter at Albion Poddy. And uh, if you've got a question which you want to put into a longer format, you can always email us now. So we've got an email, Matt. Wow. Baggiesbroadcast.expressstar.co.uk. You sound thrilled about it. Matt, thank you for sparing some time on a hectic day. That's all right. All right. Thanks for everyone to listening. Thank you from myself, from Matt. We'll see you next week.